welcome to TrueDemocracy.Global's podcast, where we are looking into different aspects and systems of democracy, the technology that supports it, and systems of authority. Our hope is to find balance and a common ground that can bring about greater freedom for people in a true democracy where the power stems truly from the people. And everyone has a voice and experience of greater freedom in collaboration with people of any background. We live in an unprecedented time in history with technologies that have never before existed that may help bring about this vision. Today, I'm here with Larry Miller. I've known Larry for over eight years in several Toastmasters clubs. He's been a Toastmaster since 1993. He's helped chartered the Speakers of Hall, or is that HAL, a corporate club which worked for Hitachi America Limited. That's what the hall is, H-A-L. He was a club member of District 4 Point of Order Club for three years. Each meeting, they would take a section of Robert's Rules of Order, and every speech and table topic was on that section. Then they would discuss the section in a round-robin fashion. Today, we're going to talk about Robert's Rules of Order. Thank you, Larry, for joining me. Now, real quickly, what is Robert's Rules of Order? Well, first of all, Jay, I'd like to correct the name of the club I helped charter. That was Speakers from How. Thank you. <laughs> how. And, and it, it was drawn out like that of How. Yeah, yeah. so it was like uh, maybe something down below or something like that. Well, I love uh, Robert's Rules of Order. They're a set of rules that enables assemblies or a group of people to run a meeting in an orderly fashion. And if something gets rowdy or whatever, there's rules to be able to counter that in a nice manner instead of people yelling and screaming so it's it's a, actually the set of rules started in 1258 actually in uh under henry the third's rule that was the first quote known parliamentary procedures and then from that it's been built on and built on. And the book you mentioned earlier in our discussions was 200 pages, you said. Yes, that was Robert's Rules of Order, um, the latest edition that I understand. The 12th edition is the latest edition and it has 663 pages. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at. Uh, it could have been one of the uh, other ones that they just put a few of the common rules in so that people can just go through that instead of being overwhelmed with uh, over 600 pages. I don't know if we're going to have time for 600 pages today. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. And I don't know all the rules in 663 pages, but I'll be glad to, uh, you know, go over some of them. Before the Point of Order Club, did you have experience with Robert's Rules? None whatsoever. 
none whatsoever. No. So that was it. And why did you get involved with the Point of Order Club? Well, there was a big, I was in District 4, San Francisco area, and there was a big uh, hullabaloo about the a past district uh, governor, they called him back then. And I watched that whole procedure and, and saw how they were able to go through the whole thing and keep it in an orderly fashion and everything. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And so I decided to join the Point of Order Club and learn more about it. How long had they been in existence before you joined? Uh, they'd only been in existence, I think, about two or three years when I found out about them and then uh, joined them. That was back in the early 80s. Oh, do you know if they're still in existence? Yes, they are. Yes. I, matter of fact, uh, when you talked about doing this podcast, I looked them up in their meeting. And so I sent an email saying, hey, I'd like to join again. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, that's Point of Order Club in District 4 of Toastmasters International San Francisco area. Right. Probably meeting online right now during the pandemic. Yes. So do you think Robert's Rules of Order is a good example of democracy? I think it's an excellent example of democracy because of the fact that everything is in an orderly fashion. You can do one thing and then you have to do another thing and then you have to do another thing and you can't do this other thing over here until you do this other. So it's all intermixed and it's all based on being available to the minority and the majority so okay. that the minority doesn't get you know shoved aside they have the rights and everything to true democracy and uh, you mentioned parliamentary procedure which was in what 1250 you said right and i imagine robert's rule is just an extension of that or a, a branch of parliamentary procedure? Are there other systems that are similar? Do you know about? Yes, yes, there are. And I can't remember. There's, there's a couple, but the Robert's Rules of Order is probably, I'd say, 90 to 95 percent the uh, rules, the parliamentary rules that most companies and organizations and societies use. And I know at Toastmasters clubs, the it's the default rules of order that are added to the bylaws of new clubs, although that can be changed by the club itself. Right, exactly. And, but they have to be done by Robert's rules of order. You have to use Robert's rules to change it. Yes. Do you know if you can use Robert's rules to change the actual rules in Robert's rules? Yes, you can. You can. Yep. You, it's uh, because it's, it's used so that the, the club or the organization can tailor everything to what their specific uh, 
constitution is. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then personally, what what's the largest group you've ever seen it used? The largest group of assembly or something well, like that? Right. Well, I went to the 2011 uh, Toastmasters International Conference because uh, a person that I was helping to become a director and then he was going to become the president of the international Toastmasters. And that had thousands of people in it. And it's just amazing that with all the directors <clears throat> in a board meeting and that sort of thing that they have and the number of people there that could ask questions or whatever, it just kept total order through the and, whole thing. And with these uh, thousands of people there, everyone had an opportunity or could have an opportunity to speak if they wanted to? Certain times, yes. Yeah. It's at certain times within the process, there's right. an opportunity. Exactly. And the other times, it's it's it would be out of order for them to speak. Yep. The point of order. <laughs> you don't okay. have the floor. Okay. Uh, and this was a live a live meeting. Yes. Uh huh. Wow. That was before COVID. <laughs> 2011. Okay. How does it work in a nutshell? Can you describe it? Basically, it covers everything that a club or society, whatever, wants to be able to accomplish. I mean, it describes on, describes how your agenda should go. It describes who can talk when and who, what motions can be made, what, uh, what motions have to have a second, what motions don't have to have a second. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a complete package of orderly meetings, basically. So the, you said it, it, it describes or how the agenda goes. Does it, does, it, does it lay out a guideline for an agenda? There is, there is a guideline for an agenda in the, in the manual. But you, the, each society or club can have their own agenda, but mm -hmm. there's a, a method of how the agenda is generated. There's a method of how it's presented to the uh, clubs. And, and once the, the agenda has been approved, how you have to go through each and every step of the agenda, and you can't just automatically skip to, you know, one, an item four items later without someone making a motion to, you know, change the order and that sort of thing. Okay. So the agenda gets approved at the beginning of the meeting or process? Yes. Via a vote. Right. Robert's rules. Right. And what's the process of, of uh, bringing up a motion and voting on it? Well, if there's no one talking at the time and there's no 
motion on the floor to be decided, then someone or anyone can stand up and say that they they would like to make a motion. And then they say, I move that the agenda be approved with the following modifications. I would like to see item four be number one instead of number four. And at that time, someone would have to make a second on that one. And if there is no second, then the motion dies. It doesn't happen. But if someone does second it, and that's one rule that the person making the motion should have is have someone that's going to second your motion. Otherwise, it's going to die. Yeah. And so then once the, <clears throat> excuse me, the motion has been seconded, then the chair or president, whichever has been designated, will then repeat the motion. And at that time, also the secretary or clerk in some cases, they're called, will write down the exact wording of the uh, motion. And then after that, it's open for discussion and each individual that wants to speak on it, either pro or, or against, would then, you know, in a large organization, you'd stand up and be recognized by the chair. The chair has to recognize you before you can start speaking. Or you can say, you know, I'd like to discuss this. And then the chair will recognize you but plus, when you stand up, you're supposed to say what your name is and normally, you know, what you represent, pro or con. Once the chair recognizes you, then you can talk about uh, what you want or not want about the motion. And usually in the bylaws, there's rules that say how long you can speak in debate and and how long the debate can go because some people could rattle on forever yeah and i also imagine in bigger groups like the thousand people one motion could go into discussion for quite a long time if, right would, could there also be a time limit on the discussion period yes that, well that's what, when i said debate that's what i meant the discussion period I mean, there's the discussion period where one person is presenting their discussion and then the entire dis discussion period. Exactly. You, a person can speak for only so long mm -hmm. and the discussion period can only be so long. And those are designated in the bylaws of the group, but not necessarily stated in Robert's rules itself. No, no, that's up to the individual. Okay clubs yeah and then you said that the chair has to recognize the person first and i could imagine that this might lead to some form of discrimination as well if the chair doesn't recognize certain people that they don't want to talk 
Well, that's the possibility. And it says in the Robert's Rules of Order that this should not be used that way, except in cases where the person is known to bring up frivolous things or is always arguing or disruptive, then the chair can not recognize the person. And ideally the chair would be um, elected by the, the body. The right, group. yeah. Exactly, right. So there would and, be some and, sort and, of protection. And they, yeah, and they should be well versed in the Roberts Rules of Order, as long as well as the secretary or clerk. <laughs> okay. So once the discussion happens, then what goes on? So then once there's no more people, there's no one else that wants to speak, or the time limit comes up on the discussion period, then the chair will close the discussion and call for the question is what the nomenclature says. And then you can have various ways to vote on it. You can have a, all those say aye, and, and then you have to have a negative also. You have to say, all those say nay, even though you think it's, uh, unanimous mm -hmm. and or you can have people raise their hand and so they count the hands on the yays and count the hands on the nays or you can have a stand-up vote all those uh, this Roberts rules itself cover the different ways of voting yes it mm -hmm. does probably in page 470 of the 600 pages. Something like that. And, and in very much detail also. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, are these stated in Robert's rules is the only ways to vote or are they just suggestions? Well, they just describe the ways, different ways you can vote, including secret ballot, including electronic voting. And, uh, and then it becomes another whole <clears throat> uh, section where <clears throat> counting the votes. Okay. Do you, do you know these processes? Yes. Yeah. You do. Okay. I don't think I want to discuss them here, but, <laughs> but maybe we can do a part two and get dive into some of the voting processes. I think that's an important topic to discuss on this podcast and have available for people to listen to and learn yeah it's because it's really important on the voting because mm -hmm. because you want to find out if there's people that are there that aren't able to vote or not supposed to be voting and uh so what happens if you get a vote that you can't read what happens when you get a vote that uh that uh, has more than you know a voting that says, okay, especially in an election, pick one and somebody votes for two, this sort of thing. So yeah, there's lots of rules on the voting. 
Yeah, let's schedule a second uh, part two and dive into that a little bit. I think it would be fascinating. So what about changing emotion? You can change any emotion um, by uh, standing and being recognized by the chair and say you have an amendment to the motion. And at that time, you're actually making the amendment motion, which you now need a second for. And once that has been seconded and the chair has repeated it, then that motion is now the main motion, which is, and then the main motion that was now is set aside while you're doing this amendment. And again, it goes through the same process of being discussed and then voted on. And then I imagine you could have a secondary motion to that or an exactly. amendment. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And this, uh, go ahead. But I was saying, but this might be one of the places where someone you know might be getting up and saying, you know, fr you know, want to say a frivolous motion, like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't like the word the in that sentence. Whoop-de-doo, right? Well, maybe. But it's, but, but it's somebody that's always being negative. That's, oh, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. And the whole process of seconding emotion I guess, limits the frivolous motions or amendments as well? Well, once you then have that uh, amendment uh, approved, or not approved, but on the table, then, yeah, someone actually could stand up and, and amend that. Mm -hmm. Say, you know, this that's a very good... Uh, Amendment, uh, but I think uh, you should also add this into it, this sort of thing. And usually at that point, the chair should then say that that amendment is out of order because we have amendment on the table and we need to have that either approved or not approved because you, you have to work with the motion that's on the table. Once that's been approved, then you go back to the main motion, someone else could stand up and have another amendment. That's, okay. the, normal, that's the normal procedure. So you can't necessarily amend an amendment <laughs> until the amendment has been approved or disapproved and then you could change, then you could amend the main motion. Right, you can do that, but they recommend that you uh, take the one on the table first, if it's an amendment, to the main amendment, the main motion. And uh, because that just makes it cleaner. Yeah, it's it's it sounds very precise, which I think is very important, especially with dealing with large groups of assembly. And it also sounds like it could go on and on for quite a long time in in several cases. Right. 
Yeah, are amendments secondary motions? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the the index of the Roberts rules, the, at least the 200 page one. And I think we've covered everything that's in article one of it. Article two talks about different classifications of motions. Do you know about that? Uh, yeah, some, yeah. What, what are the different classifications of motions? Well, we just mentioned a couple of them, uh, the main motion, the amendment, uh, secondary motions. Um, there's privileged uh, motions. There's for, for different uh, actions that need to be taken. And I'm not quite sure. I can't remember exactly about the privilege motion, except I know that when you bring it up, that brings that one to the top of whatever is going on. Okay. Uh, it's usually, oh yeah, that's right. Usually what it is, is someone has made a motion, it's been discussed and it passed. And then a privilege motion will be someone that stands up and and reminds or you know talks about uh, the fact that in the bylaws it didn't it said something different and so it was it was not approved in the bylaws before the group decided to do to change something they didn't say they were changing the bylaws and uh, so if, if there's a a rule in the in the constitution or the uh, well the constitution and bylaws are basically the same thing. They talk about some some call it the constitution. Some organizations call it the bylaws. Uh, in Toastmasters, we have basically a constitution, and in each club has their bylaws to change. Things like when they meet, uh, mm -hmm. how long they meet, and that sort of thing. And these these are usually set forth when the club or organization is founded, correct? Right. And then they can be changed via their rules of order. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then what what does Robert's rule say about keeping minutes? The Secretary or clerk, as they're sometimes called, uh, is supposed to take uh, minutes. Basically, they're not taking minutes of what each person says. The main minutes are what the motion was and what the result of the vote was. And that's why it's really important that the first, the, the, the chair will state the motion and the secretary should copy that down directly. And then the chair should have the secretary read back the motion that they have written down so that they know for sure that it's the exact wording of the motion. And, you know, when, when they started, when they ended, and that sort of thing. But uh, it's mainly the most important thing is the wording 
of the motions and what the results were. And uh, yeah, okay. And uh, and then there's also the concept of the quorum. Yes. Is, is that defined by Robert's rules or is that defined by the bylaws? Yes and yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How does Robert's rules define quorum? Normally, uh, what Robert's Rules of Order says is in a, in a membership type society, the quorum is one over half of the members. You know, like if you have a, a paid membership uh, club like Toastmasters, mm -hmm. technically uh, one over 50% of the total membership of that club is a quorum. Now there's some uh, motions that require two thirds. And so this, especially in larger organizations that have a lot of members, that's a lot of times really hard to get a quorum. So in the bylaws, you should make uh, the rules of what your quorum is for a normal meeting. Like you might have an organization that's got 300 members, but normally you only get uh, 100 at a mm -hmm. time. Then you'd want your quorum to be something like uh, 50 uh, out of the members if you want a number, or you can say 50, 51% uh, of the members attending. And usually that is the normal way of, of doing it. If not for a quorum, but that would be for a vote, would, would that not? No, that's for a quorum also. Oh, okay. Right. I know in Toastmasters clubs, or at least one, we define it as 50% of active members. Right which is members that have not, or any members inactive if they haven't come to three meetings. Right. So that helps right. narrow that, that down. Exactly. And that's, that's what I was saying. It needs to be a lower number so that you can get a quorum. Right. But, it, but in the larger organizations, uh, who's active, who's not active, you know, they don't keep track of every member that comes or doesn't come. Now, if it's not defined in the bylaws, it would default to whatever Robert's rules would define, however Robert's rules would define it. Exactly, and that's yeah. usually uh, one over half the total membership. Now, one over half, if there's a, an odd number of people, say 11, half is five and a half, one over a half would be six and a half. Right. Um, but it would be six people. Six people. Yeah, would... the, that other short person's not counted as a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And I, I, I know that there's a lot of detail, different kinds of motions and a lot of detail that people can dive into. I don't think we have time to dive into that here today. We were talking about the minutes. The minutes need to be 
written down precisely by the secretary. And the main thing to include in the minutes is the motion, whether it passed, but not the discussion points. Right. And what else is supposed to be in the minutes? You mentioned the start time and end time. What about attendance? And what about, uh, I imagine whether or not there's a quorum or not. Exactly. Yeah. The is the exact attendance um, supposed to be in the minutes as well? Yes. Even if it's a large group. Well, they usually have uh, registrations, so they yeah. can see how many people have registered. Okay. But yeah. then there's also um, another type of meeting. Let's see, what's it called? Assembly or something like that where it's an open open meeting, anybody can come in. Okay. And so that gets a little more difficult uh, to, find, you know, to, to make sure who can vote, who can't vote, and, and et cetera, and who can talk and who can't talk. And then uh, back to the minutes, what else would be in the minutes besides what we discussed already? Well, if something comes up uh, that needs, like something has to be discussed by the, the board offline or something, they take a 10 minute break or something like that. That has to be in the minutes when when they uh, temporarily uh, or when they take a break to discuss something offline. Uh, that has to be in the minutes, but not uh, but necessarily what they just what they discussed. No, not what they discussed. No, just the time period. Yeah, and, and then. If a motion is passed in a meeting, it's written down in the minutes, and then the minutes have to be approved, correct? Yes, on the, at the next meeting. Would the motions be valid before the minutes are approved? Well, that's a good point. I believe so. Yes, I believe so. Because the minutes are just a review of what happened. Okay. And so once you, you know, and, and again, there's rules about what to do with the minutes. Everybody has to be sent a copy or has to be distributed at the meeting or they can be read aloud at the meeting. And at that time, people can amend it Say you know, doesn't say I was at the meeting last time, but I was, mm -hmm. this sort of thing. And a lot of these details might seem frivolous, but it's a permanent record, right? Of the exactly. meeting and the, what happened. Yeah. So if something, you know, comes up and there's a problem or something, you can go back to the minutes and say, you know, mm -hmm. it's right there, right there. It's people's memories are all different. <laughs> Okay. What's that? 
Can you have you ever seen this process digitized before in a digital platform? Not really, except you know, online you can get online and and read Robert's Rules of Order. Yeah, you and, can read it. And, it, and it's searchable and all that. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen it in a digitized uh, manner. I think it, that would be really, really handy. How do you uh, how do you imagine that would work? What I would imagine how it would work, especially when people are unsure about something, is to be able to like put a question in. You know, how would you do ABC? And it'll come back with the with the answer. That's as far as looking up. Robert's rules and understanding it, but I mean the actual process itself of making motions and seconding motions and passing motions. Well, you can do that uh, electronically. I mean, like for example, in the legislatures of the government, they do electronic voting Mm -hmm. if it's a secret ballot type thing. Okay. So they do digitize it. I would imagine the secretary would type up the motion and right. it would become digitally available for whatever voting platform they're using. Right. They can, there's, they can read it and, uh, and then say yay or nay. It's all electronic. Yeah. Have you seen that in, in action? No, not me personally. No. Yeah. That's what I'd like to to um, to envision a, a little further um, is a dig- digitized version of Robert's rules or uh, point of order um, that might be used for for any system that organization that uses it and. Uh, and this gets into my idea of a, you know, a blockchain platform that once, once the motion is written, it's digitized in a format that people vote on and, and it can be changed so that we know, unless if, of course there's an amendment to the motion so that then um, we know that what people have voted on is what is reported in a digital platform Mm -hmm. this is just what i'm what i'm envisioning it's kind of a um a way of storing the minutes real time yeah yeah and uh, does robert's rules state how minutes are stored or how they're um created format no no No. Mm -mm. Is it, well, bylaws for organization, they can state that in any way or anything they want. So um, have you seen organizations state how minutes are to be recorded and yes. formatted and stored? Right. Yeah. They, uh, in most organizations, uh, they, they state in the bylaws what's supposed to be in the minutes and then uh, 
some some organizations will have the secretary actually typing it in at the time mm-hmm. and and then how long the minutes are supposed to be stored this minutes are supposed to be stored normally forever mm-hmm. and uh, so that anybody can go back in time and see if something was voted on or not uh, if something was passed or not and that sort of thing and uh, so mostly it's in the bylaws it'll state whether it's in electronic form or whether it's just a small organization so they just have a paper copy but the secretary is the one that uh, keeps the mm-hmm. minutes and uh, any other correspondence that's you know goes out outer end of the club and there's a, a slight possibility for corruption there and in that the secretary might change some of that that's the possibility yeah. unless it's unless it's done electronically exactly so, so your blockchain method would uh put a halt to anybody doing that yeah yeah and then um what else was I thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that would be a, a good endeavor. And oh, I remember. Yeah, go ahead. You finish, finish your thought there. Well, the, the fact that it's in a blockchain uh, method, then any changes are automatically uh, listed, right? So you can just go stepping back. Yeah, it depends on when it's it's actually stored within the blockchain. So this would be something to to envision. Like if the motion is once the motion's made, it's stored in the blockchain. Then if there's an amendment to it, it would there would have to be some method for changing that or nullifying it, whatever the wording is, and then replacing it with the amended one because the original one would be stored permanently as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that way you see the original and then the amended original. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. I think it, I think it could work. Yeah. And it, I guess it's just a matter if there's a, a motion or something that changes the process of the, the order, the the way the order is carried out, that in that conflicts with the way the digitized platform is working, then that could create some issues. <laughs> but but in, anyway, I was going to tell the story real briefly of the Toastmasters Club that we are both a part of, Medicines Online, and how the minutes were stored in different formats over the years of that club, I think the five years of that club, and we had to actually go back and dig them all up and to pull all the motions out of that have been passed and mm-hmm. put them in a, in a spreadsheet or a format like that. And since that project <laughs> has occurred, we have had motions and those haven't been added to the spreadsheet. So once again, we consolidated all of these motions, which was a huge project. We looked through minutes and videos and just a huge project and consolidated all of them. And then since that time, there have been 
motions passed, which haven't been added to it. So that's an advantage of some digitized platform. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think we've we've talked about a lot today. I think we've reached a good conclusion point here, unless if you have anything else you want to add to it. No, I just, I, like I said before, I love Robert's Rules of Order because it's actually helped me in a couple instances where, uh, you know, people were trying to do something that was not good for the club and I was able to stop it. And, uh, and then there's a whole section on taking members to trial or punishing them for whatever and that sort of thing. And uh, I was able to assist a person doing that also. Okay. The so. 600 pages, I imagine there's a lot. Well, we might want to dig into some of that. I, I do want to go into the different voting methods that are stated and mentioned in Robert's rules. We can do that in a subsequent episode and maybe some of these other details about it we can cover as well if there's anything that you think might be valuable to the listeners of this podcast we can cover that in another episode and definitely the voting processes okay great all right well thank thank you for joining me and uh, i appreciate your time and your expertise and knowledge on this subject very important subject i think it's as far as a, a system of d democracy that is widely used in organizations all around the world. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Larry, for being here. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to listen. We will continue this podcast mission to bring more topics related to democracy and the technologies that may support a true democracy. We cast a wide net to bring in information from a variety of sources with the intention of shedding light in every corner and illuminating a broad and deep understanding of the systems that exist or existed past and present and to envision and take action towards a more peaceful future. Please visit truedemocracy.global for more information and to join or support the vision to build trust, to encourage constructive collaboration and to provide an avenue for the authenticity of and secure storage of information. Truedemocracy.global.